Profiles in Teaching with Technology is a podcast series created by Music First, a company dedicated to providing world-class cloud-based tools, content, and classroom management platforms to music teachers around the world. Each episode features a K-12 music educator who uses technology to enhance their teaching in innovative ways. We'll discuss the what, why, and how of their technology integration and hopefully share some teaching strategies that you can use in your own classroom. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. There you'll be able to find out about all of our platforms, as well as sign up for a free 30-day trial. Mark Tartell has taught music in the Briarcliff Manor Public Schools in New York since 1996, but he's a career changer. His professional life has spanned three careers, He earned his bachelor's and master's of music at the Juilliard School and performed with the Mexican State Symphony as principal trombonist. After his orchestral career, Mark earned his MBA from the Columbia Business School, where he met his wife, Barbara. After Columbia, Mark pursued a career in advertising and marketing. When he transitioned into education, Mark planned on becoming a high school band director, and he finally has become one but he first started out teaching elementary school in Briarcliff at the Todd School to over 700 children. He currently directs the high school concert and jazz bands, teaches instrumental lessons to both middle and high school musicians, and teaches digital music. The Briarcliff High School Concert Band, which is made up of students in grades 9 through 12, has recently earned two NISMA Gold with Distinction ratings. It is my distinct pleasure to have Mark on our podcast this week. Well, thank you very much, Mark, uh, for joining me tonight. Uh, For those of you listening to when this podcast launches, the Yankees and the Astros are battling it out in the ALCS, and we're both uh, taking time away from that very uh, good game to uh, chat about music technology. So I really appreciate uh, you doing that, Mark, and it's great to have you on the podcast. Great to be here. Thank you so much, Tim. So, Mark, I met you a number of years ago, and I remember just uh, your passion uh, for what you were doing. I think we're both low brass players, and, and so I, I, you, you've always stuck out to me as one of the, one of the teachers out there that's doing the, the, some really great things with their students, and I really loved uh, your story when I met you. Uh, but just for the benefit of the people listening, I'd love for you to trace um, your your you know, your path from, I believe you went to Juilliard as a trombone player, how you went uh, from Juilliard and a really high level performing career uh, to what you're doing now, teaching at the middle school, high school in Briarcliff Manor. So if you could, if you could trace that for us, I'd really appreciate it. Sure thing. Well, like most of your listeners, I began playing in fourth grade, playing trombone. And uh, along the way in elementary and high school, I came across some wonderful mentors who, uh, really ignited my interest in music. In high school, I was fortunate enough to play at the uh, Saratoga Performing Arts Center with the Philadelphia Orchestra in the uh, summer arts program that New York State uh, sponsors. And that really turned me on to orchestral music. And uh, actually, uh, before I attended Juilliard, I attended Eastman and University of Rochester for two years. I was a River Campus music major, and I tried to be pre-med and do music and I really, really couldn't not do both. So my mentor teacher in New York said, hey, listen, why don't you just drop out and audition for Juilliard and maybe Manhattan Northwestern and come back. And you could study with uh, Ed Herman in New York Philharmonic and work with me. That was my teacher, John Graham. And I said, sure, of course. Well, unfortunately, I had Bono. 
And I was in bed for like six or seven weeks before the audition, but somehow I managed to get into these other schools. So I ended up going to Juilliard and finishing my uh, bachelor's there and uh, actually started a master's when uh, I auditioned for the Mexican State Symphony. And uh, fortunately, I took that position down in Mexico and it was a nine-month season in between seasons. Uh, I, I thought, well, maybe I'll just go into the Dean at Juilliard and see if I could possibly finish up my master's. And he said, sure, come on in. So I, I was able to finish up a one-year master's, which was helpful because later, much later in my life, I got into education. So I played down in Mexico for about three years and it was a great experience. And uh, while I was there, um, my dad always said to me, you know, you need a backup plan. And I had been auditioning you know, for, for gigs. I remember flying up to for the Detroit Symphony and things after concerts we would play in Bayes Artes in Mexico City, but it's really hard. So um, what I decided to do was look into business school. And um, I thought, well, if I'm going to get into a business school, I probably have to have an angle. And my angle was I want to do arts management. So I worked as a summer intern at the New York State Council of the Arts and realized that Arts management didn't have any of the joys of being an artist. So I just went to business school and studied uh, marketing and finance. And I met my wife there. She was my accounting tutor. No, uh, yeah, she was great in accounting, much better than me. So I, I did a, we did a non-hostile takeover and got married. Eventually. That's great. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, then for about 10 years, I pursued a career in advertising and marketing. I worked for on the Panasonic business, Kodak business. Um, and the last job I had in advertising and marketing was for A&W Brands, the root beer company. I was the national advertising manager. Oh, wow. So it was, it was really different, but a lot of the skills I got in, in business have really helped me in terms of being organized as a um, music teacher and also help, has helped me down the road um, getting resources for my students and writing grants and things like that. Yep. So my wife, who I met in business school, was had a great career, and um, I got to a point in my, in her career and my career, we had three kids by then, and it was like she was, really had long hours. So we decided, maybe I should become a teacher, have a little more time, and then she could continue doing what she was doing. And I love music, and I've been a teacher really in my heart for a long, long time. I hate to admit it, but when I was in the high school band, our band wasn't that good. And I was a little bit of a snob and I really shouldn't have been, but I said to my high school band teacher, I, I think I'm gonna drop band. <laughs> so what he said was, <clears throat> why don't you teach the trombone section? There and you I go. did, and he kept me in and I'm glad he did that because uh, I really realized I, at that time that I really liked teaching. So finished uh, my career in, uh, business, started getting involved in, in music, and uh, went to Manhattanville College and got my ed, to, ed credits and did the student teaching, which was kind of hard because I was used to being paid. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, and had a family. But we, so we went into that, and uh, I was hoping that I would become a high school band director, and I really didn't realize what a, what a pyramid there was in terms of uh, the structure of teachers, where there's a lot of elementary school jobs and as you go to middle and high school, there's fewer and fewer positions. So um, right now I'm, I'm a high school band director. I've been one for four or five years and I love it, but it took a long time, uh, much longer than I originally expected to get there. So um, I work in elementary schools uh, 
I actually started out as a sub-teacher in Yonkers, which was a city school, which was real tough. I was on a cart and I then worked in Rockland County. And since I live in Westchester County, New York, I wanted to get on this side of the river. And I got my first job uh, over in Westchester County at Briarcliff, which is a really nice uh, community of about 8,000 people. It's a very affluent community. That's great and job. Uh, when I got in, in Briarcliff, uh, I started teaching over 700 kids in uh, elementary school. I taught elementary school. And I was doing general music and chorus, uh, K through six at the time. And it was, it's really hard. It takes a tremendous amount of energy. So Absolutely. Um, fortunately, I had some great colleagues um, who I was able to collaborate with. And some of the early projects we did, I had a, a colleague, Memory Kelly, who was the composer and um, has done things. She's really into drama and she's a great pianist. And when we first met, I had read about this uh, opera called Brundabar by Hans Krasse. Well, it turns out Brundabar was written uh, for and performed by Jews in Theresienstadt, which was a, a camp, a Nazi uh, camp that they collected Jewish people before they sent them off to the death camps. Mm. And I had read about it in a magazine and I just wrote away for the score and said, wow, I'd love to do this. But, you know, it's for young kids and we had to rework it. So, you know, things just kind of happened. Memory Kelly just kind of showed up and we collaborated and we did this great thing uh, where we got permission uh, to use illustrations for children's books and, um, we had kids draw draw stuff and did costumes. And we basically did this opera like a little oratorio. It was a 20 minute opera. So it was, it was really a great experience and the kids loved it. And later on, we did the same thing for the magic flute. And then in my course, um, we, we had a uh, new opening for our auditorium. And I commissioned a song called Our Song by Bob Chilcock, who sings with the King Singers. In oh London. yeah, yeah. And it's fantastic. So. I had some great experiences with colleagues and uh, working with colleagues has been so important to me because I never expected to be an elementary school general music choral teacher. I studied voice privately. My dad was a, de was a dentist and uh, he always sang to his patients. So I took singing lessons with his uh, teacher because right. I was teaching chorus and it really actually helps my instrumental playing too and teaching. So. I learned a lot from colleagues. I went to workshops in Wharf and Kodai, and everything I learned really helps me now in the high school. And it helps me for a lot of reasons, not only the pedagogy, but I've, I've looped with some of the kids who are currently in my band since they were fourth graders. So I have kids who I started on instruments in fourth grade during uh, when people are on maternity leave or I taught in general music. So there's a, there's a lot of time and a lot of rapport there. I really know what they know. Yeah. And uh, it's very special. So, um, but teaching 700 kids, one of the toughest things was having the energy to go from kindergarten to fifth grade to third grade and, and switching over. At that point, I heard about the Yamaha Music and Education Keyboard Lab and Curriculum. Oh, wow. And, and I got a grant for that from the uh, Barclay Manor Education Foundation. And I realized how effective it was to teach kids this way and also how engaging it was. And they started to get keyboard skills, which is really important for them to conceptualize music. So um, things going along at Todd School, at one point I wanted to 
um, applied for a band job in the school. My principal said, no, I, you're doing such a good job. I don't want to take you over to band, right. unfortunately. So I was there for a long time till um, Elliot Del Borgo came. We, we asked him to come and do a program with our elementary school. Uh, and he came and conducted the workshops with oh our band goodness. teacher. And we had a cocktail party. And at the cocktail party, I was talking to him and I said, I went to Juilliard. And he turned to our administrators and said, this guy went to Juilliard. How come he's not teaching band? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so at that point, um, they moved me into the middle school. And I worked with a, a dear friend and colleague, Chris Melito. And um, I worked in the bands there. They had actually three bands, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And after a couple of years, and we had to do general music too. After a couple of years, uh, Chris and I looked at each other and said, you know, flying drumsticks, this is crazy. You know, we've right. got to get a curriculum for uh, the middle school. And at that point, Chris had met uh, Barbara Friedman, who you interviewed a few weeks ago, and who's a dear friend and mentor of mine and Chris's. She helped us develop our lab. And oh, wow. um, we got a grant for $75,000 for a keyboard mini lab. We had IMAX for like 25 stations, uh, mini keyboards, um, guitars, recording equipment, you know, soundboards, the whole thing. Yeah. And Bar you know, Barbara helped us do that. So once we started with that, like the whole thing, the whole tenor of general music and digital music changed. So um, it was it was a huge, huge thing for us. And Susan Howard, uh, who was who still is a middle school principal, and Chris and I uh, worked with the Brock of Manor Education uh, Foundation to uh, get that lab going. And uh, you know, as you know, it's a great way to teach non-traditional music students. Yep. But I also used the lab uh, in other ways too. I had, for example, my middle school kids were playing. Um, I think the music from Frozen and, you know, the trombone players and low brass players, we never get to play the tune. So what I actually had kids do was use uh, note flight and everybody wrote out their parts and we, uh, we extracted the key melody parts and then transposed them so different instruments could play them. So everybody got to play the tune. And it was really effective because kids could use software as well as, uh, you know, get to know some Yeah. Well, for a band. So... Um, we got that lab in, uh, I've been teaching with Music First since 2014. Yeah, I know. I, but you're one of our, um, you're definitely one of our oldest customers and we really appreciate it. And uh, what a great story though, Mark. I just, if we could just uh, kind of catch up on what you just said. Sure. Um, it, it's, it, I love, and I hope our listeners uh, appreciate it as well. It's always really neat to hear people's pathways and, you know, kind of life throws events at you and then you go this way and then you go that way. Right. But, but the more I was listening to you, the more I, I realized that our, our, our career paths are very, very similar. And I think a lot of people would agree. I, you know, the Yamaha MIE lab, I was one of the original beta testers back at Montclair State. We had one of the first four MIE labs and cool. it was highly impactful on my whole career was uh, mm -hmm. that kind of engagement that I saw with kids. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, you know, going from elementary and, and being like, I, I was like the Pied Piper, never knew which way I was going. And then I eventually went from a pre-K to eight general vocal instrumental gig in Saddle River, New Jersey. Okay. Uh, to doing a middle school band and general music. So it's a, it's always interesting to 
hear those stories. So thanks for sharing. If you could, um, what is your current, um, your, what are your current teaching responsibilities there in Bri Briarcliff Manor? Okay, so, uh, you know, as I've wandered through my career, there have been a lot of different ones, but right now this year, I'm focused probably 80% of my time uh, with band students. Uh, in the high school, we have a 75 piece uh, band. And then I have a colleague, Devin uh, Toland, who's the middle, was hired two, three, uh, four years ago, actually, for our middle school. And in middle school, we have three bands, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Uh, so what we do uh, is he has scheduled lessons in the middle school kids where we are. But in the high school, except for my ninth graders, we have no lessons. So right. we, Devin's able to come into um, my, my area three times a week and do pullout lessons. And I'm able to go over to the middle school and work with you know, kids over there too, primarily with, um, with uh, low brass and, and high brass. He's a woodwind player and I'm a brass player. So it works out really, really well. Uh, I also teach digital music. Uh, in the past, I've had different levels, but in order to make my schedule open enough uh, for my band responsibilities, I've actually combined uh, digital music into two classes, a one and two. And it's very interesting because I have to differentiate things for my uh, different projects for my students. And uh, it, it's actually pretty interesting how that's, that's worked out. Yeah. Um, we also, our school also has... Uh, you know, of course, orchestra and chorus, and uh, we also offer high school music theory and AP theory, uh, which is taught by uh, the performing arts coordinator, uh, Dr. Banks. Oh, all right. Now, is are you also running marching band as well? Our school has no marching band or pep band. You know, over the years, because of uh, football injuries, especially uh, brain injuries, Yep. We've had to consolidate with two other schools. We have uh, a team, but uh, we don't have a, a team dedicated to our school. And our community is pretty small. Uh, Barclay's 8,000 people, but our high school is only, uh, our high school and middle school combined are about 900 kids. Yeah, There's so high school and uh, middle school 300. And in an affluent community like ours, the kids are so booked with so many activities. The idea of marching band camp uh, I don't know. I don't think it would cut it with them. <laughs> no, yeah, it's interesting. I, I, there are probably certain, you know, parts of the country listening going, what on earth are you talking about? No marching I, band. And then, yeah, you know, know. The, where, where we are here in this kind of New York City metro area, what you just said to me would have been the dream gig. Um, because the one thing that I was always afraid of was that high school marching band commitment. But basically, you don't have right. a life from August till uh, Thanksgiving. So, yeah, that's exactly. a pretty cool gig you got there. I'll tell you, it's, it's a real benefit. And I remember doing marching band in high school on Long Island and having to march behind horses. So I'm glad that I don't have to do marching exactly, band. <laughs> exactly. So I'd love to know, because I remember when I met you, you, you were talking about how this kind of technology kind of re-energized everything for you with, um, uh, with, with what you were doing. So I'd love to know, what was it about music technology back when you wrote the grant? I know that you used the MIE lab. Um, what, what was it about technology you said, I gotta, I gotta get this in my curriculum? Well, I've been interested in for a really long time. I mean, I'm so old at Juilliard, <laughs> we had a bukla, you know, All right. and patch courts and stuff. I mean, that's how old I am. And 
I used to work for Sony and I remember going to the consumer electronics show, seeing cord keyboards that were like no wires and no patch cords. I mean, <laughs> so I've, I've always been interested in technology, even as, uh, even at Manhattanville college. And I, I said, this is the way to go. So I, I first got interested in in uh, technology using with my band in Rockland County, because by the way, where in Rockland County were you? Sorry to interrupt. In in New City at Woodland Elementary School. Oh, my, so I I that's I I, I live in Pearl River, but I was in Clarkstown schools when I was right great. right. Sorry to so, interrupt. Um, I, no, no worries. So I used to uh, use a computer. I can't even remember the software it was so long ago. I used to make arrangements, simplified band arrangements, so that my kids could play along with the rest of the band through on, in the MIDI files uh, during lessons. And it was really good. It was really good. So even back then, I was, I was using technology. So um, when, I, when we got to the high school, when I took over the band, one of the, one of the things, the band when I first got it was in the high 40s, and now the numbers are in the mid-70s. And in Briarcliff, you can take our band program for college credit. So my predecessor spent a lot of time doing pencil and paper quizzes and scale tests. I used to assist her with those scale tests. It would drive me crazy. Yep. So she left. We were actually two teachers, about 1.25 together. And she retired. That's how I got the gig. And I was like 0.6 at that time. So how am I going to teach so many kids, give them scale tests, teach them concepts. So I have been using um, Music First in the digital lab, and it was just a game changer to use it in the high school. And um, so it, it just, I needed it for assessment. I needed it for organization. Um, and it just was a game changer in terms of being able to do flip classroom with my high school band. And also, since it was a college course, 50 in this our syllabus 50% is like the performance part and 50% is projects quizzes tests playing tests things like that right so with music first i was able to have that 50% where i can actually see what they're doing and reinforce the concepts i'm teaching uh, in the band so it, it it for me it was just i had to do it it was the only way i could survive the job and keep it at the high level that i felt the kids deserved and the program deserved yeah, so it, it's really acting as um, kind of a way for you to spend more time doing the teaching and less time doing the kind of the mundane aspects of assessment with your band, but right. also skill building and, and that kind of, right. Uh, right. that's great. I mean, that, that was the original intention um, uh, behind the software was to kind of help you. Um, so you spend more time, more time teaching, less time doing the administrivia that, that is so right. often uh, Myers. <laughs> I was I was training teachers earlier today, and the, and it's the it's the number one complaint I hear from all teachers is all the the kind of hoops you have to jump through to right. prove to prove your kind of worth to the administrators. But you just wish you could be teaching more. So it's it's good to hear. Oh, that that's absolutely it. And, and I, as I've you know stayed in education, um, in in our district in New York State now they have slightly different standards with different codes and how you do things and. You know, we've gone into training for that. And even in this coming week, our school is doing curriculum mapping with Naviance and it's a whole new software package. And, you know, there's, there's more and more of that where I just want to like teach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, so oh, that's, that's great. Not going, that's not going away. 
so yeah, I mean, primarily you're using Music First with both your band and your digital music classes. That's correct. 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 So maybe you could give us some ideas of activities, one or two activities for each of those uses. So maybe two for your digital music class and, and one or two for your for your band. That'd be great. Sure. Uh, let's start with the band. Um, well, for example, right now we're playing Manhattan Beach. And um, the key thing about one of the key things about that piece, of course, is the dynamics. So I have a band with kids nine through 12. And as I said to my principal, who's a language teacher, I said, I have kids who are fluent in Spanish and I have kids who can barely read and conjugate a verb and everything in between. So what I, what I do is I'll have, I'll use focus on sound and use lessons on dynamics, which actually have tests attached to them. So I'll give that as in flip classroom, it, this, the material I choose reinforces the concepts from the piece we're playing. Right. I'll, I'll also um, use, for example, in Manhattan Beach, I'll find YouTube videos and I'll, my kids, we do a lot of listening and analysis of form. So I'll, sh I'll give the kids uh, two or three recordings and I'll say, you know, I'll, I'll explain, for example, here's the basic form of a march. And now listen to this YouTube video. Here's the timeline explain what happens in each major section so that they understand how the pieces of their parts fit together for our performance. Um, I've, also, um, I've also, in the listening area, I've also done an analytical listening lesson, which actually is in the shared content uh, in Music First. And um, what I did was I took the rubric from, uh, the Nisma Majors rubric, and I created a spreadsheet and uh, with each dimension, and I have kids listen in groups and then grade the different performances, like if they were an adjudicator. Oh, wow. That we were playing for. So they, they do that and then they you know, get a score and they have to comment on it. And then I extend that also where uh, each group has to uh, put their summary up in a discussion uh, tab in music first and then read other group other sections so it's by section and they can hear what everybody's hearing so it, it gives a, a perspective um so those are some of the things i've used also that's great um you've developed a whole curriculum for band which is came out this summer and juliana told me about it and i had spent like you know couple of weeks thinking about what I was going to do in the current year. And then I heard about this and I went, wow, if you had done this five years ago, my life would be like, I know, I know. I'm sorry. It took us so long, but I'm, but, glad, but I'm it, glad you found it. It's fantastic. I mean, one of the assignments I, one of the things I want for my band kids is to better understand the characteristic sound of their instrument. So in the past, I, I had them find YouTube videos and comment why they love this trumpet player or why they love this, this other player. But, You've got videos in there with, uh, you know, some of the best players from the uh, the service bands. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm planning to use that, and some of them are quite long. So I'll have them work as a group and say, okay, percussion. Everybody in in your section has to take a portion of this uh, video, and I want you to analyze what it is about each player's and technique and and timeline it so that we can go back and and learn from it. So those are some of the things. Um, that I've been doing with the band. I know you asked for two ideas, but 
I'm still going. <laughs> no, no, it's great. It's fantastic. Uh, we also use, I go, for playing tests, I've, in the past, uh, we played uh, Patrick Burns' um, North Country March. One of and, my best friends, by the way. That's fantastic. Oh, he's great. <laughs> I play with the Westchester Symphonic Winds. I play euphonium, and we've done a lot of his stuff. Oh, great. Yeah, he's, he's, he, he's really fantastic. Awesome. So that has, you can import that, and kids can do a playing test with that. And I, I buy premium content for tradition of excellence. In fact, uh, we have it for uh, in the middle school for second level and the high school for third level. And uh, that's in there too. I haven't done much with playing tests with my kids. We're sort of breaking it into, breaking right. them into it a little bit as a time, at a time. Um, so that's, that's kind of how I'm using things from the band standpoint. In terms of um, what I'm doing with digital music, some of the um, some of the most effective things that we've done uh, are projects in form, which are lessons from Barbara Friedman. Yeah. Um, when, when Barbara, when we first got the lab, uh, you guys might have been out there, but we, I didn't know about it. So she has a terrific book called Teaching Music Through Composition, and I've done. I actually took like a thirty-hour summer course with her, and uh, used her stuff. So for my first year or two. Of teaching before music first we use that a lot and i still use a lot of projects uh, we do stuff where um, kids write melodies and then do uh, different forms and extended forms like rondo things like that um, i've also used uh, in the digital class in the digital class uh, i i feel like sorry about that um, in the digital class uh, i i feel like kids are who come into it are not that musically literate in terms of understanding timbre and color and combinations in their compositions. Yep. So, so I've done things, uh, projects with them, like I, we've listened to Ravel's Bolero and talked about how different instrument colors can change. And then we had a snow day in Westchester County and I found this stuff called ice music. There are these people who make instruments out of ice and glaciers and they play it in some Nordic country. It's totally wild. So, wow. so I, I have kids listen to that and then I say, what families of instruments do these sound like or come from? And then I say, go into Soundtrap and create your own ice music composition. Oh, wow. Very cool. Yeah, so so it, it, that's a lot of fun. Kids also love uh, writing compositions based on emotions in Soundtrap. They love the. They love to collaborate uh, in soundtrack, and I've also had kids do um, create um, sound effect stories, and also write stories and then illustrate them with sound effects, which has been very cool. I've gotten some really scary, great things, and gotten some surprises too about what things kids really think about, which I can't talk about on yeah exactly <laughs> in this podcast. Exactly. So those are some of the some of the uh, things I've used uh, this year in digital class, I want kids to get more into the keyboard. Um, so I'm going to use some stuff from uh, videos I've seen online, piano for all, and just experiment with that. And also uh, in music, first you have uh, things on blues and songs for general music. I hope to use some of those that material. I think one of the greatest things about the content you have is it just keeps expanding. And it's just, uh, I wish I had more time to teach. <laughs> it's so much fun to teach with it, and I'm learning so much too. So that's a couple couple of things with of what we're doing now. 
That's really good. I just have a question about your digital lab because I, I, mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, when you're using, as you know, you don't really need any equipment other than a way to get to the internet. So the kids, right. you know, technically don't need, uh, you know, a full lab. But I'm wondering, um, do you use like some of the, like things like garage? I don't know if you're, if you're in a Mac, I think you said you were in a, a Mac lab. Um, right. are, are they using other software? Are you supplementing what you used to do with our stuff? Or are you using Soundtrap and, and NoteFlight instead of? Uh, I'm primarily using music first. Um, I, because I like to have kids be able to send me their content and be able to put it in my grade book and, and share it with the class. Right. Um, but there's a couple of things I really love about GarageBand, which you know about the fact that you can do videos. I've done like cartoons and had kids uh, do uh, film scores to that. Great. Uh, which you can't do in Soundtrap uh, yet. And because it's uh, web-based, I don't know if that'll be able to Still be crossing my fingers. <laughs> I know, I think it'll take a while. Uh, and then the other thing about GarageBand, which I really love is the fact you can, for example, teach them different styles of uh, drum patterns, you know, hip hop, whatever, rock patterns. And then they can click on things and see a notation in a notation view. Yeah. I love that part about uh, GarageBand. And um, so I will go to that sometimes with certain types of students. Um, but for my beginners, I really just want them to, to uh, get a feel for the software and then to teach musical concepts with it. And for my more advanced kids, you know, with the piano skills, they might record in, into our garage band so they can see more accurately what they're what they're actually playing. Right. So right now it's it's primarily in music first. Um, we we do have garage band available and I, I didn't mention this, but our lab originally was with 25 IMAX, and our whole school has gone to one-on-one uh, -on -one devices, MacBook Pros, which is, I'm almost wow. embarrassed to say that. It's wow. District. Our, our elementary school kids have iPads. Uh, and I've, our staff has been trained coding to see what kids are learning. And, and kindergarten, they're teaching kids to code. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> that's I, I, that's yeah. certainly the exception and not the rule, but wow. But I, but I must say, Jim, that with all this technology, it makes just getting together in a band, playing traditional music with traditional instruments in a community even more important. I, I couldn't agree yeah. more. I, yeah. I've said this over and over and over, that there's something really special about our, our subject. And there is a time when you put the darn things away and you just make music and you sing yeah. and you play. If, if you, you can never lose sight of that, because that's why you're here. That's why I'm here. Right. Um, yeah, very, very important. I'm glad you said that. Um, so, uh, Mark, this is this is awesome uh, stuff that you're that you're talking about. But I'd love for you to, uh, you know, the advice question. Um, mm -hmm. And what advice would you give uh, to music teachers? Because you're all in. I mean, for hearing what you're saying, you're using it all over your your kind of your band program and all over your digital music program. Yeah. And I would imagine that it's taken you a while to get to that point. What advice would you give uh, to music teachers who are maybe not quite there yet and thinking about incorporating it? Well, I just say go for it. It's a total game changer. Um, 
if you're at the, my experience with my colleagues who are at the end of their careers or looking at the back part of their careers, a lot of them, unless they have the, um, unless they're excited by it, they won't touch it much. Right. But for me, it's just a total game changer because of the level of engagement and the fact that kids, kids are being, they're learning things that you don't have time to teach them. And I've had, I've walked into our cafeteria at our school and I've seen my kids in the band sitting there with their laptops working on beats and compositions. And, I, you know, I've just shown them a couple things in Soundtrap and they're off and, and doing things. Yeah, um, I'd have a smile a mile wide if I saw that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, it's also great for assessment. Uh, you know, I hate paperwork. So when I can give kids a lesson from focus on sound on tempo changes and it grades it and it comes into my grade book and it's there yeah. and I've got like, you know, five or 10 assignments for kids for a semester and they don't necessarily take more than 10, 15 minutes the chunks that kids can, can absorb. It, it, it's great. It's great. So, um, I mean, I hate to say it, but I don't think I could survive without it. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I, you know, going back, to, I appreciate that. When What you said, our, our mutual dear friend, Barbara Friedman, I think it's also important. Um, and and I, I knew I liked you, but to, to go to somebody like Barbara, like, or there, and there are, there are experts out there, and you mm-hmm. say, look, I need help. Can you tell yeah. me what, what I should do? Rather than going at it alone, it yeah, is yeah, a good yeah. idea to take somebody like Barbara. I've, I've interviewed lots and lots of people, yourself included, who, who teachers can contact and say, all right, look, I'm thinking of starting this. Having an actual phone conversation, having them come in, maybe paying them as a consultant to say, hey, yeah. you know, this is what we're thinking of doing. What would you do? I, th- I think exactly. it's really important. You should never lose sight of that. So. You know, it was funny. We went to Greenwich High School to visit her, and uh, my colleagues met with her for a little while and communication got screwed up, but I sat down with her for like two or three hours and we just wrote down everything you would need to do for a lab. Right. And, you know, after that I bought her a bottle of scotch and, you know, that's all you need to do with Barbara. That's great. (laughs) Very, very good. It it was great. I, and before Barbara's time, I took, I went to CC at uh, Central Connecticut State University. Oh yeah. And I took classes with Don Moreau and uh, Tom Rudolph Rudolph. You know, so I remember the old days with all the wires and the interfaces and stuff. That it's was so fun. much easier now. It was fun. It really yeah, was. and 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 for for listeners that are on the East Coast, the Central Connecticut State University summer program is amazing. Uh, I taught there for a couple of summers, and they get really fantastic people, and it's really affordable, and it's like right smack in the middle of the state. Um, Cool. Um, well, Mark, I, I'm looking at the clock and thinking, oh man, it's it's gone real quick. But so I, but I do want to ask you the question I ask everybody, um, which is if you could wave a magic wand and have music first or music technology in general do something, add a new feature, what would it be? Um, I think you're you're going great in terms of features over the years. Uh, the interface has improved. You're talking to people who used it. Um, I think my, my comments about improving software have to do with just trying to simplify things. If there were easier ways to uh, take a lesson and put it in more classes at the same time, let's say, yeah. uh, and, and, and just uh, cut down on, on the keystrokes. The, um, in terms of content, um, 
I just wanted to mention um, a situation that I face in my band. I have 12 percussionists and uh, it's really hard to keep them busy. And I wrote, I'm a member of NAFME, like we all are, and I wrote kind of a, on the blog, here's my situation. I got a, you know, a dozen percussionists, 80 kids, and you know, it's just, I gotta get them more engaged. And I got a uh, private email back from a gentleman, Robin Linaberry, and he's written some musical key sequences for band, which has, it's basically during the warm-up time, you can use a warm-up or individually with a percussion group. He's written 15 different percussion ensembles at all different levels that teach all the rudiments and skills. And these percussion ensembles can be played concurrently with warm-ups for the rest of your band. So oh, wow. It's, it's the usual scales and the thirds and the chorales and all that. And then you can choose which percussion ensemble you want to overlay with. And it, it's tremendous. And if you can find a way maybe in the future to add that to your content, I think it would be phenomenal because if it's part of practice first, the percussionists have it, you know, would have it right in there and they can work, they could hear, you know, the other parts and it would just be an awesome thing. So, so rather than the percussionists during the warmups, basically playing a, a quiet role and maybe the, the, the bass drummer is keeping time, you're saying that they're, they're actually engaged. They're playing something that's meaningful and fun, right? And while the rest of the band is playing a scale, is that what you're? Is that what exactly. it is? Exactly. And there's six different parts written, that are written out, and uh, they're great. And there's 15 different sequences for the percussions, and you can use it in a group, small group lesson, if you or a sectional, and or you can use it with the rest of the band. It's, wow. It's phenomenal. And he's got it for high school. It's not published yet. He's got it for high school and he's working on a middle school also. Right. So that's a shameless plug for uh, Robin's, uh, Robin's work. And maybe that's great. I always love, uh, I, I love finding out about new resources and hopefully people go and Google that. Cause I know that at least when I was a middle school band director, I would have, I would have given my left arm to have them engaged. So they weren't beating each other up while they're exactly. <laughs> Yeah, they're on their phones reading their uh, lo their lunch. Exactly. Really and and what you said to just roll it back a second though the 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 thing about um you know having a p creating a piece of content and assigning it to multiple classes is something we talk about all the time. Uh, mm -hmm. Our developers, if they are listening to that, I'll, I'm I'm glad that you said that. And also eliminating keystrokes is something that we think about all the time. How do we do as little as few um, uh, clicks to get to what they want? Um, we'll chat offline because I have some ideas for you that might help with the assignment. Can we just back up to uh, what we were saying about advice? So I was just saying with teachers who are uh, just getting into music first, I've had a lot of people come visit my lab and talk to me. And uh, sometimes school districts are reluctant to get into it and give teachers a hard time. But I actually have colleagues from the Westchester Symphonic Winds who are fine players but teach general music and neighboring school districts and they've gone out and bought the individual subscription for a teacher as oh, a starting cool. point with their own with their own money uh, because they just feel this is such a tremendous uh, teaching uh, asset for their kids so that, that's one way people can kind of get over the hurdle of navigating the bureaucracy and the money thing in the district yeah, it's a it's a cheap kind of one seat. You get your uh, you get your feet wet, and then you can always add students yeah. later. So I'm glad I'm glad yeah. you mentioned that. That's great.
Well, uh, Mark, absolutely fantastic chatting with you. Um, I think your kids are really lucky to have you, and I, and I hope you, uh, you've had many more years there and, uh, and keep on doing great things. It's been a delight chatting with you, and, and I'm sure that the folks listening uh, got a lot out of it, so thank you. Thanks, thanks, Jim. It's uh, great talking to you, and uh, I just love uh, Music First because I just keep learning new stuff all the time with it, and it's very exciting. So thank you so much. No, oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Profiles in Teaching with Technology from Music First. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. If you would like to stay up to date with other music teachers doing innovative things in their classrooms with technology, please subscribe to our podcast through whatever outlet you listen to podcasts on. Thanks for listening.